SAFM. Prime time all day long. Seven minutes to the top of the hour. You're listening to SFM Sunrise. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Stage six load shedding. Why are we here? Well, we've been told a number of things that peak demand at the moment is sitting at around 28,303 megawatts, while the available capacity is only at 25,060 megawatts. Quick math tells me that there's about a 3,200 uh, shortfall. Uh, 3,200 megawatt short, shortfall, that's about three stages of load shedding. Yet, we're in stage six load shedding, which would be load shedding 6,000 megawatts of electricity. Does it all make sense to you? Doesn't to me, but Vali Pariachi knows a little bit more about these sort of things. Currently, the chairman of the management committee of the NRS Association of South Africa and formerly an executive manager of ESCOM. Uh, thank you so much for your time this morning, Vali. Really, really do appreciate it. Let's perhaps start here. Uh, 3,000 is the shortfall. 3,200 about is the shortfall. But stage six low shedding, uh, does it add up? Good morning, Oliver, and, uh, and a very good morning to your listeners as well. And, uh, and thank you for inviting me. Back again, yes. Uh, I think um, let me give you context as to why it, uh, why it does add up. The um, ESCOM and the Ministry, the Ministry of Electricity, I think jointly have decided to increase uh, the planned maintenance uh, uh, regime of the coal-fired fleets, uh, meaning that uh, previously there were. They were sitting around about 1,000, 1,500 megawatts of planned maintenance. I'm talking about technical, but now they've escalated that uh, that to about 6,000 uh, megawatts. So it means that you you are taking off more uh, availability capacity from the grid, uh, which 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 I support because you need to ensure that the units after they've been maintained, planned maintenance. Uh, come back and perform well because we are we are currently having breakdowns uh, more than what we should be having. But uh, Oliver, just to add on to that, that planned uh, maintenance strategy um, um, uh, unavoidably uh, has some gaps uh, because although ESCOM and the ministry are trying their level best to do more with less. Uh, there are some key ingredients in that strategy uh, for it to succeed almost 100%. And let me quickly do that in the in the interest of time. Yeah. For that strategy to work is that you need what we call a, a reserve margin. Yeah. More capacity available than uh, than uh, than um, uh, your maximum demand. And we don't have that. And hence we have uh, we have uh, we have load shedding. So we don't have. Uh, we don't have the, the cushion. And then importantly, uh, Oliver, the energy availability factor should be reasonably high, uh, over 70% for that strategy to work, but you're sitting at 60%. Yeah. And, and given those two significant constraints, even the maintenance crew that are working on these uh, units uh, are under pressure. You know, if you have high availability and you have high reserve margin, you can reasonably work at your comfort level. I remember in my days at ESCOM when we were sitting at 85%, 90%, 92% energy availability factor, the maintenance crews were literally cruising with the maintenance. 
So if you're working under pressure, uh, and I'm not saying it's happening, but there's a, a propensity of making errors, and hence you're having this double whammy. You're getting an increased planned maintenance. At the same time, you're breaking units. Yeah. I'm just saying it's happening because of that, but... but yeah, let me hand back to you. It's been a while since we've had 6,000 megawatts at minimum taken offline for plant maintenance. Um, and the reason why that's being done now is because there's some money available to do it. Previously, there wasn't much money available to do it. Um, but did ESCOM bite off more than it can chew here, given that it had promised people that once we exit that 31,000 megawatt peak demand of winter, we're not going to experience high levels of, 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 of load shedding. Uh, but yet we do I guess yes you're right unplanned breakdowns is a reason to be blamed but unplanned breakdowns can be anticipated uh, albeit not to a precision not to the precise uh, uh, amounts of it uh, and that would make us a lot more conservative in what we take down uh, for planned maintenance that escom bite off more than it can chew here no uh, no Oliver and, and I say this with respect uh, uh, firstly uh, um, unplanned maintenance you can't you can't predict that. I mean, that's why it's called a forced outage, right? So I say that with respect. So you can't do that. And and the aspect of increasing planned maintenance uh, was talked about for some time now. Uh, I can tell you that for almost a year uh, since the crisis plan was announced by the president, we were talking about that to the various uh, NEOCOM work teams. In other words, do we go for increased planned maintenance, meaning that we go for a certain level of continuous load shedding so that uh, ESCOM is given that edroom. I mean, you must have heard the term, the maintenance edroom to do the planned maintenance. And uh, so I think now ESCOM and the ministry has decided to take that risk, to take that plunge of going for increased planned maintenance but unfortunately, the, as I told you, with the two constraints, the reserve margin and the low EAF, they've got to ensure that the, that the breakdowns are kept as low as possible. And, and, and maybe very quickly, Oliver, I've given this uh, significant thought of recent, and I mean, come from generation and in the operations and maintenance myself. I think, uh, and I'm just saying this uh, yeah. the first time in the media, that uh, ESCOM should consider emulating the philosophy of maintenance that's done by the aircraft industry. Now, why I'm saying that, uh, Oliver, very quickly, you, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, before any aircraft takes off, this is in terms of IATA yeah. rules and regulations, and, and by the nature of, of, that, uh, of the aircraft being in the air, almost every aircraft, before it takes off, there's a final sign-off signature by one person, a highly competent technical person that signs off on, on a number of checklists, technical checklists, where they go through stringent checks before every flight. Yeah. And every flight, for example, cockpit, engine checks, uh, pre-startup, engine startup, fuel, runway checks, instrumentation. So... I, so you would see, I like to see, uh, you would like to see an increase in the rigorous assessment of quality of maintenance being done, and the sign of their own being one that you have confidence in before it is brought back onto the grid. But unfortunately, okay, we're going to have Oliver, to leave. Just to clarify that, Oliver, just to clarify that, we unfortunately are very, 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 very yeah, thin uh, on time. In the current constraints, 
and uh, in the current crisis, ESCOM should look at emulating the aircraft okay. industry uh, philosophy of maintenance. Yep, we're going to have to leave it there. Vali Pariachi, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Let's take your news. It's a minute after seven.